Silence is the space in which our discovery of belonging begins. I know it's a long sentence, but I want you to think about the fact that today as we share this sermon about silence, that it is that place where our discovery of belonging begins. When was the last time that you listened to silence? And what would it mean to give ourselves permission to contemplate and ponder silence by going about our daily lives? What kinds of spiritual disciplines might we incorporate into our lives which would allow for more silence in our lives? And how might we signal to our children and grandchildren the importance of their questions by thoughtfulness of our responses? The story is told about a farmer who learned from a young lad what can happen when you listen in silence. Once a farmer lost his precious watch while working in the barn, and it may appear to be an ordinary watch to others, but to him it had a special uniqueness, a deep value, a sentiment. And after searching high and low among the hay for a long time, he finally got exhausted and he noticed a group of small children playing in the farm nearby and he came to them and said, I'll offer you a award if you can go into the barn and search in the hay and help me find my watch. And so after hearing about the award, the young children hurried inside the barn and they went through the hay and around and around and around and they got more discouraged and didn't find the watch and eventually after looking they got tired and they gave up. And so the farmer began to lose his hope of ever finding his watch and he began to close the doors of the barn when a little boy came up and said, hey, give me another chance. And the farmer didn't want to miss the opportunity to not find his watch, and so he let the little boy in the barn. And after a little while, the boy came out with the watch in hand. And the farmer was happily surprised. He said, well, how did you succeed to get the watch while everyone else, including himself, had failed? And the boy replied, I sat there, tried listening to the ticking of the watch. In silence, it was much easier to listen to it and to direct the search in the direction of the sound. Silence is an endangered species, says Gordon Hampton, acoustic ecologist who travels the world for the past 25 years to find and record places completely free from manufactured noise. But I believe that silence can be found anywhere if you listen for it. Now what's the importance of silence or engaging an act of being silent or creating silence with another person? I think it has something to do with slowing down, noticing where you are, who you're with, and what you're doing, and being absolutely consumed with amazement, if only for a small moment in time. I can remember sitting in a rocking chair on the cabin porch of my grandparents' summer home in Wisconsin, reading 
and drinking hot chocolate as the sun rose over the fir trees. It was silent, except for the songs of the sparrows, morning doves, and robins. The air was still, and the drops of glue glistened on the blades of grass under my feet as I walked towards the lake. Throughout the years when I needed to feel calm and connected, I thought about those summers and the sounds of silence that I experience. Our silence creates space to listen. Our listening creates space to take notice, and our noticing creates space for amazement. It is in our amazement that gives us the energy to create change, whether that be in ourselves, in other people, or in the world. Being silent, listening, noticing, and telling what amazes you is a metaphor for the scientific method. All hypotheses are created by noticing something weird or something awesome or crazy or wrong and wanting to figure out, well, why? Or in the case of noticing something wrong, wanting to figure out how to change it. We would not have the breadth of knowledge about the world and the way it looks if people did not have the capacity to be silent and to notice. Silence is not the absence of something, but the presence of everything. Being present. This is the hardest task for many of us, and it was for me on a sunny Saturday morning several years ago when I was asked, along with my son and 40 other 10-year-old Cub Scouts, to walk together up a mountain. I was asked if I would be willing to take my son's Cub Scout group hiking in what seemed like three weeks of utter chaos, but was only a few hours, with kids yelling and running, something finally clicked. Before entering the forest and starting our hike, I asked the group to try being completely silent so they could have the chance to spot animals without scaring them with their frenetic energy. And when the first boy set his foot on the path, that became in tune with the all-consuming sounds, sights, and smells of the pine forest. A kind of ripple effect occurred. Every boy was mirroring the energy of the forest and each other as they walked silently up the mountain. They could hear squirrels scrabbling through leaves, woodpeckers knocking hollow tree, on their hollow trees with their beaks, and blue jays sounding their alarm call through the canopy. And they could smell the freshly fallen pine needles. They could see the sharp-skinned hawk shoot like an arrow through the canopy right above their heads. They were silent. They were listening. They were noticing. And they were overwhelmingly amazed. And as a result, they were changed. Changed from a chaotic mess of noise and movement to a balanced and connected line of energy, moving not against, but with the mountain. I also was changed that day as I learned from a group of 10-year-olds the amazement that comes from listening in silence. Listening is not about sound, it's not about place. Sometimes the act of noticing that silence is standing right in front of your face, waiting for you to embrace it. And it is hard, even for people who are not 10 years old. Our minds and thoughts stop us from being present. And therefore, seeking out silence is so important. 
If we're lucky, nature will hit us on the top of the head with an acorn or an eye with a branch as if to say, hey, I know you're not paying attention and eventually going to get hurt if you can't be quiet and just listen. In order to survive in the world, animals must be masters at being silent and listening. Think about it. Predators like mountain lions and tigers use silence to their advantage in order to stalk and kill prey, while deer and rabbits rely upon their ability to be silent and vigilant in order to detect predators. But what about us? When do we ever silence our thoughts and just listen? As a society, we don't prioritize silence. If everyone's trying to have their voice heard, to be the best, to be the most productive as possible, to have their way, to avoid pain, when will we have time to truly listen to another person? to be astonished at what is right in front of us, to be present with who we are, where we've been, and where we want to be. The most beautiful thing about silence is that you can find it almost anywhere in small moments, even during the unavoidable noise in our daily lives. My good friend Ron Iverson, a noted ecologist, shared with me how he has come to find silent moments And I quote, I'm lying in the middle of a frozen lake surrounded by hemlock trees that stand like silent sentinels against the indigo sky. Twinkling with stars, it is two degrees out and the air is completely still and all I can feel is the coldness of the frozen water beneath me. This is the closest I've ever come to experiencing the definition of true silence. I remember an experience I had while serving on a nonprofit board, and I ran into John Hansen, who at the time was the president of the board. And he was an accomplished individual, rather quiet and reserved by nature. And I used my chance encounter to ask again about a pending issue that, as a board, we were trying to resolve. I stated my position, asking for time for us to consider this questionable issue but he did not respond. The deer in the headlights look on his face made me want to drop the subject and move on. But instead, I maintained a neutral look on my face and just calmly waited for his response in silence. And after this awkward silence, he agreed to call me that evening and he did. And eventually his His ideas were shared and the problem was solved. Now, I I share this because it reflects the use of silence in a productive and purposeful manner. Throughout the years, I have been reminded and at times asked to be silent, to give a party or parties an opportunity to think about what is happening and what is being said. And for the most part, what follows is Silence are creative ideas and thoughts that provide useful answers to all the issues of the time. Think about the poet. Poets all see silence as sacred ground because it's from the silence that the poem always comes. Much like musicians use notes, poets are the composers of words. They pay attention to the space between 
more than we do in typical writing, typical everyday language, they heed the mystery. They listen to the offbeat and they use it. They know how to harness it. They know how to hold it open-handed. It's, I would dare to say, closer to silence than what any other writing is. Nicholas Sparks, a well-known storyteller, shares his thoughts concerning silence. We sit silently and watch the world around us. This has taken a lifetime to learn. It seems only the old can sit next to one another and say nothing and still feel confident and content. But the young, brash, and impatient must always break the silence. It is a waste, for silence is pure. Silence is holy. It draws people together because only those who are comfortable with each other can sit without speaking. Have you ever heard the wonderful silence just before dawn? Or the quiet and calm just as a storm ends? Or perhaps you know the silence when you haven't the answer to a question you've been asked? Or the hush of a country road at night? Or the expectant pause of a room full of people when someone is about to speak? Or the moment after the door closes and you're alone in the whole house by yourself. Each one is different and all very beautiful if you listen carefully. Silence holds immense power. When we learn to still the mind, we're able to create what we want in life instead of reacting impulsively because of a restless mind. Silence helps us understand ourselves and in tune to our inner wisdom and creativity. When we are with people, silence can help us be present and connect with others. When we are stuck or confused, silence brings enormous insights. Silence is a great teacher, and to learn its lessons, you must pay attention to it. There is no substitute for the creative inspiration, knowledge, and stability that come from knowing how to contact your core of inner silence. The great Sufi poet Rumi wrote, only let the moving waters calm down and the sun and moon will be reflected on the surface of your being. You must steal your mind to bring your inner gifts, your creativity and wisdom to life. Everything that's created comes out of silence. Thoughts emerge from the nothingness of science. Words come out of the void. Your very essence emerges from emptiness. All creativity requires some stillness. As a minister, I'm still learning how to be silent before answering a question thinking about this thought. When we free ourselves from the illusion of being the font of information, who must rush to answer each question, and instead use our power to deeply consider the questions being asked, it can shift the conversation from a sterile place to a place of warmth and liberation. So the question that I ask of each of you today is, are you like the young boy who found the lost watch because he sat and listened for its ticking and then was directed to it? 
or you like the chaotic noise of a group of 10-year-old boys wanting to climb a mountain and take time to listen to what is around them and became amazed. Either way, we can learn the importance of having moments of silence in our lives. I invite you to listen to the words in a poem by Thomas Hood entitled Silence. There is a silence where hath been no sound. There is a silence where no sound may be. In the cold grave, under the deep, deep sea, or in the wide desert where no life is found, which hath been mute and still must sleep profound, no voice is hushed, no life treads silently, but clouds and cloudy shadows wander free that never speak over the idle ground, but in green ruins in the desolate walls of antique palaces where man hath been, through the dun fox or wild hyena calls and owls that flirt continually between, shriek to the echo and the low winds moan. There, true silence is self-conscious and alone. In the words of Dr. Martin Luther King, in the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. May it be so. Go in peace.